The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome everyone to Doing Braille Digitally for Saturday, December 9th, 2023. I am so thankful that all of you are here today to talk about Braille displays and doing Braille digitally. You can email me at digitally at gmail.com if you have an idea for a presentation or you would like to present about your favorite Braille display. We are very uh, pleased today to have with us Matthew Porcipal from the Braillist Foundation, and he is going to talk to us about all that the Braillist Foundation is doing, what they have to offer, and he will be here to take your questions and comments, and uh, so I am going to hand it over to Matthew at this point in time. Indeed. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I guess we should say good afternoon because uh, we're in Eastern time for this particular conference um, in, in the UK. Uh, we would obviously be in UK time and we'd be saying good evening. Um, but it's wonderful to be here. I've been a, I've done a few of these calls um, in the US now, and it's really wonderful to be able to bring an organization uh, like the Braillists, which started off in the UK and kind of has the feeling of an organization that is a UK organization. Um and in some ways it is, but it's wonderful to be able to bring uh, an organization uh, that is centered in the UK to such a broad audience and to welcome in people from the United States as well. Um, so thank you, everybody, for being here and listening to me uh, talk about the Braillists. Um, I'm looking down the list of participants and realizing that actually some of you probably already know about the Braillists. I'm not going to tell you anything in this call uh, that you don't already know, I'm afraid. Um, there's no breaking news that I have to share. So uh, please just bear with me. Um, I'll, I'll go through a bit of a presentation about what we are and then, you know, break for questions. And I mean, I, I'm told we have an hour to fill and I'm not really sure I can fill a whole hour talking about the Braillists, but I'm sure questions will fill up the remaining time um, just nicely. So that's really how I'm planning to go. I'll probably talk for about 20 minutes or so and then just see um, how the mood takes us. And we'll just have a chat for the next um you know, for the next 40 minutes after that or so um, in the lead up to Christmas. So um, why am I here? Who are the Braillists anyway? Well, um, actually, it's quite fortuitous that I'm here on a doing Braille digitally uh, call because the Braillists actually started out very much in the frame of digital Braille. And in fact, we started out very much in the frame of er experimental digital Braille, um, we uh, actually grew out of a company called Bristol Braille Technology. And uh, a few of you will know Bristol Braille Technology. Uh, Bristol Braille Technology are responsible for the Canute uh, multi-line Braille e-reader. And uh, just an aside, um, I've, I've been quite critical of the Canute uh, over time. Uh, I'm very pleased to uh, be able to tell people on this call that the Canute is shortly to have a firmware update, uh, which if, if it hasn't had it already, which is going to be doing lots of exciting things, uh, including making the Canute a bit quieter and including folder support, uh, which I think has been long awaited uh, on the Canute. So hopefully that will make the Canute a bit more um, production ready than it has been for the past uh, few years now but anyway um that's not us that is still bristol braille bristol braille are a, a manufacturer they manufacture the canute they support the canute they they do everything uh, for the canute and their, their their business is commercial they i mean it, it's not for profit but it's nonetheless 
uh, a commercial enterprise insofar as they they make products and sell products and invest the profit that they make back into the production of more products. Um, We started out as a focus group for Bristol Braille uh, way back in 2014. A group of maybe half a dozen of us met in a a place called Bristol, uh, which is in England. It's sort of down towards the southwest of England. Um, Sort of, if you're in London, you're going left a bit uh, by about an hour and a half on the train. If you're in Birmingham, you're going to the left and down uh, probably by about two or three hours on the train. Um, and that's really how that goes. So uh, a bunch of us turned up. We looked at some prototypes of the Canute. We said, yeah, we like this. We don't like this. And that didn't actually take very long. And so we had this meeting to fill. And so we just sort of started talking about Braille and realized that actually it would be quite a nice thing if we just set up a group to talk about Braille. And at that time, it very much was about Braille displays. The Braille display market back in 2014 was actually very different to what it is now. Um, if you look at the, the most popular Braille displays on the market now, uh, actually none of them existed. The Brilliant BI-20X and 40X, there was a Brilliant BI-20 and a BI-40, but it wasn't the 20X and the 40X. Um, the, the Focus uh, Braille displays, we were still on Generation 4 or possibly even Generation 3, so they didn't have a scratch pad, and I don't think they had multi-device connectivity back then either. And would you believe the Mantis Q40 didn't exist at all? Um, and I mean, is it, it's kind of hard to think of a time when the Mantis Q40 didn't exist, but it didn't. Neither did the Orbit Reader. Um, there was talk about the Orbit Reader, and in fact, um, I'll let you into a little secret, uh, at one point, uh, Bristol Braille Technology was in the running. Um, the, the, um, the Transforming Braille Group uh, put the product out to tender. Um, Orbit won the tender, but Bristol Braille were involved in that tender, so it could well have been a very different product um, had Bristol Braille got its hands on it, but Orbit got its hand on it. And, and so, you know, at the time we were still talking about Braille being very uh, unaffordable. We knew that there were things on the horizon. We didn't know what those things were, and we knew that really, actually, what they really needed was some user testing and so this is sort of what we were set up to do originally was to have face-to-face gatherings once every three months or so um, in strategic locations throughout the UK we chose Bristol first because that was where Bristol Braille Technology was uh, we shortly afterwards moved out to Reading because we had someone in Reading who uh, was able to uh, find a meeting room for us at a good price and then we sort of stalled um, uh, we, we did a few meetings in Dublin over in the Republic of Ireland, and we did one or two meetings in sort of Manchester, Birmingham, London, those kinds of areas, but <clears throat> they never really took off. The staple meetings were in Bristol and in Reading, and um, we carried on like this until we realised that actually what we really needed to do was set up as our own organisation and have our own charity uh, and that was what we set out to do. And that all came to fruition in January 2020, when the Mantis Q40 still didn't exist, but the Orbit Reader did. So um, here we are in January 2020. We've got a charity. The charity has no money. It's separate from Bristol Braille Technology now. You know, Bristol Braille are doing their thing. They've just launched Canute. We've just launched the Braillists. And we're sat there in a boardroom and we're saying, what shall we do to, you know, we've, we've got this charity now. What are we going to do with it? And we said, well, we'll apply for some money and we'll get the face-to-face stuff up and running. And then two months later, 
we were all in lockdown because of the coronavirus pandemic. And we decided that applying for money to do face-to-face events probably was not such a good idea. Um, So we started to experiment with uh, teaching Braille online. And um, what we did was we we wrote a grant application. Uh, Well, I say we, uh, I didn't, but my trustee colleagues um, wrote a grant application that was... Uh, very broad. We said that we were going to teach Braille, but we phrased it in such a way that it didn't have to be teaching the basics of Braille. And in fact, we we set out to run, um, I think, what was originally going to be three courses, and it eventually turned into two. Um, we were going to run a Braille for Beginners course. We were going to run a Braille at Work course and we were going to run a braille for leisure course and in the end we didn't run the braille for leisure course we ran uh, braille for beginners and braille at work which got renamed to braille for academic and career development so it could also cover um research and you know uh, education type stuff and that um course actually introduced a lot of things it told people about um the orbit reader it it really focused upon doing braille digital really uh there was how to use the orbit reader there was how to use a braille display on windows how to use a braille display on ios there was uh you know the how to use uh google slides uh and microsoft powerpoint with a braille display to deliver presentations we did a couple of quite esoteric sessions, which I was quite proud of because I, I presented one of them. We did a whole session on how to write Markdown in UEB um, so that you could, for example, use... But I mean, by this point, the Brilliant had just come out. Um, so you could use, say, the Mantis or the Brilliant uh, or the Orbit Reader to write in Markdown. Um, and then we talked about things like Centre uh, Braille and Pandoc and things to get that Markdown converted uh, from BRF into TXT and from TXT then uh, the Markdown file into a Microsoft Word file. That was a really fun session. I really enjoyed doing that session. Um, and one of the things that we worked out when we were planning those sessions was that some people might not be interested in all of it. So we made it um, as a strand. You know, it was a course you could come to as many or as few sessions as you want. Uh, as you wanted. And when uh, that course finished in March 2021, we had no money. We thought, well, that, that's, that was a good run. What should we do next? Um, people came along and said, really, I mean, this is just fabulous. Please keep doing these masterclasses. So we really adopted the masterclass brand. We, we'd been calling them masterclasses anyway, just for something to call them that wasn't webinar, because we thought, you know, everybody talks about webinars and, and it's getting a bit old, really. And, you know, maybe people want to um, hear, you know, different terms. So we called them masterclasses. Um, but, you know, uh, really, I mean, people really wanted them. You know, there was a lot of um, upset when we stopped doing them. And so really, we just sort of carried on. And um, we're we're at an interesting position now with the masterclasses where really what we wanted to do with the masterclasses when we first started them was to make, uh, you know, to not make them into technology masterclasses. We wanted to have some technology stuff, some Braille code stuff, uh, some, you know, technique stuff. We did uh, some quite interesting ones. We had a couple of people, uh, most successfully, uh, Chantal Griffith from New Zealand, but uh, also Kit uh, Aronoff from the US, actually, uh, came and talked to us about improving our reading speed. Um, we've had sessions on the Braille shorthand code on grade three Braille. 
um, the, the two distinct codes there that we had uh, sessions on. Um, <clears throat> we've had a couple of sessions about Braille music. Um, and then obviously the technology stuff, you know, using Braille on the internet and, uh, you know, improving the iOS stuff that we did. We had a whole sort of three uh, three week uh, course then on using Braille on iOS. So um, that was what we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure it wasn't all technology focused. The, the problem is uh, there's a lot more to say about Braille technology than there is to say about anything else. And so we're approaching a point where actually the masterclasses are about to become a lot more technology uh, focused and, uh, you know, we're wondering, you know, for example, should we branch out and do masterclasses about Braille translation software and Braille embossers? We've done some of that already. You know, perhaps we ought to do a bit more. Perhaps we ought to look at Braille Blaster, for example. Um, there's a new version of the Braille Sense 6 uh, firmware that's just come out. Uh, Braille Sense 6 firmware 2.0 runs Android 12. And perhaps we should do a session about how that's all working out for people. Um jaws uh, back in october released split braille and i'm sure there's there's been lots of coverage of split braille uh, in various places but it's funny isn't it you think well everyone else has talked about split braille so the brailleists doesn't need to talk about split braille but it, you know different audiences different people come to different calls at different times of the day uh you know we we run our master classes on a tuesday evening at 7 30 in the uk that's i think 2 30 eastern um one to eleven thirty a.m pacific time and that time suits some people really well it suits some people absolutely terribly you know we have comments uh, that come in that say this is great this is the perfect time because it's just after work we have others come back to us and say this is a terrible time because we're just you know we're just putting the children to bed at this point we can't make a master class at that time so even though actually a lot of places have already talked about um split braille we feel like we probably need to talk about it in the braille list as well because we'll reach slightly different people to who we uh, would have reached in in other sessions and for people who can't make the sessions we make them available uh, through a podcast now the podcast is called Braillecast, um all just one word braille b-r-a-i-l-l-e cast c-a-s-t it's at braillecast.com it's wherever you get your podcasts you can ask uh, smart speakers to play it you can find it on the victor reader stream you can find it on the sense player i have tried both of them uh, you can find it on both of them i'm not sure if you can find it on the braille sense 6 i need to um, try and persuade them to add it into there but you know it, it is it is available in a lot of places um it hasn't been updated for a while uh, we we know this um and I can only apologise for that. It, it's been an interesting uh, period of time for the Brailists because, once again, we're at the point where we sort of don't really have a great deal of money, although we are expecting some more money to come in in the next month or so, and, and operations are certainly not slowing down. So I shouldn't um, I shouldn't worry about it. But, yes, we are aware that the podcast hasn't been updated for a while, and that will be remedied before the end of this year. We will be putting some new um, episodes of the podcast out there and recordings of all of our sessions that we've done um, this term. So people, you know, people who are really interested in Braille uh, listen to the podcast. Um, people come along and listen live. And um, it's a really dynamic community that's grown out of uh, what we've been able to do. I haven't touched much about the rest of what we do. I've talked mostly about the masterclasses, but we did run a Braille for Beginners course. Um, it was very successful. We've actually ran... Um, we, we ran an initial Braille for Beginners course during lockdown, uh, which was was very successful. Since then, we've ran two uh, further Braille for Beginners courses in person. 
um, and we've ran one uh, Braille for Beginners course sort of on an ongoing basis. It's still running. Uh, we run it, um, you know, on an on-demand basis. So you sign up, you get some pre-recorded lessons. Uh, we send you some hard copy in the post uh, and you study it that way. And, and we found people uh, really have engaged with that uh, very well. Um, of course, there are always ways we can improve the engagement and, and we're looking into that, um, you know, early next year probably. But um it's going well. And what really grew out of Braille for Beginners was the other thing that we're particularly proud of is our Braillists book club. This is not a book club in the traditional sense of the word. This is very much a um, a place where people can come and practice their reading. And there are two elements to it. If we're going to talk about doing Braille digitally, um, there are two elements of this, really. The first element is, of course, practicing your Braille reading, getting your Braille reading as fast and as fluent and as accurate as possible. And in fact, sometimes the fluent and the accurate are more important than the fast. If you're reading at a steady pace but it's fluent and accurate it's better than if you're reading at a fast pace but it's not fluent and it's not accurate so we're really working on that and getting people to read you know at a comfortable pace for them um that is fluent and accurate the second part of it is to really introduce people to uh reading on a braille display so um back in the the, the lockdown days um RNIB, the Royal National Institute of Blind People, but most people know it as the Royal National Institute for the Blind. Um, they run our library over here, a bit like the NLS library in the US. And we didn't have such a big budget. We, so we, we don't have such a thing as the RNIB e-reader in the same way that you have the NLS e-reader. But RNIB was a huge investor in the Transforming Braille Group. So we do have a very good relationship with Orbit Research. And so during the pandemic, we were giving away free Orbit readers uh, in the same way that NLS is giving out free e-readers. And we had a lot of people who had their Orbit readers who didn't really know how to use them. And so the book club became a bit of a community, really, where people could learn to use their orbit reader in the company of other people and read a book at the same time and it's become more about the reading element now than the braille display element but we do have people coming in who read in all sorts of ways some people have their orbit reader and their reading standalone having acquired the book through rnib reading services which is kind of a bit like uh, nls bard um some people um have acquired the book through a mainstream platform such as kindle uh, or Apple Books, and they've got their Braille display paired up to their smartphones so they can read it that way. Other people have other types of Braille displays. So, that, you know, we have people with focuses and brilliance, and uh, we had one person, in fact, with a Vario Ultra, um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, and so it's really provided an opportunity for the community not only to read their books, um, which is such a great thing, but also for them to compare, you know, Braille displays. Uh, there's someone with a BrailleSense 6. I'd forgotten about that. So, so you know, the, the BrailleSense 6 person can talk to the brilliant person and say, well, why would you have uh, this device instead of this device, you know, and, and um, really draw some comparisons. So that's a really nice part of the community. And all of this community stuff is underpinned by... Uh, what is at the moment a series of Google groups. We may or may not keep them on Google groups, depending on how we go in the new year. But um, there's, you know, the, there's some mailing lists, you know, the Braillists Forum um, <clears throat> is sort of the general community list that anybody's uh, entitled to subscribe to. It's just Braillists 
uh, at googlegroups.com or Brailleist plus subscribe at googlegroups.com if you want to subscribe. And then the book club and Braille for Beginners have their own separate Google groups just for uh, the members of the book club and Braille for Beginners. So I said I'd talk for about 20 minutes. Uh, I timed that just perfectly because we are bang on 20 minutes. Uh, I could talk for longer and will do if I need to. Um, But I think now is probably as good a time as any to go to questions. Just before we do, um, I'll just tell you, uh, braillists.org is where to find us. That is B-R-A-I-L-L-I-S-T-S dot org. Uh, please do go to braillists.org and as i said right at the beginning of the session um we we are based in the uk and to a certain extent we're always going to come across as a charity uh from you know from the uk and for the uk because it's a lot of uk voices on it and you know a lot of the sessions that we do are timed to work well for people in the uk and of course there is always that uk element but we have a lot of people who join the masterclasses from the US and from further afield, you know, from Australia, from New Zealand, from uh, South Africa. Uh, we had a guy from Nigeria once come to one of our sessions and we really, really enjoy having people from as far afield as possible uh, coming and joining us. So if you are around, you know, if, if 2.30 in the afternoon, Eastern time on a Tuesday, if that's a good time for you, if, if, you, if you're available at that time and you want to come to a Braillist Masterclass, you would be so welcome. And on the weeks that we don't have a Masterclass, we have a Braille Bar session, which is just an open Q&A. You can come and ask any Braille-related question you like and we'll do our best to answer it. You'd be so welcome at any of those sessions and um please do as i say go to the website and sign up so i shall uh, turn it back to uh nikki and the team at acb and we'll perhaps start taking some questions okay well that sounds great and marcy if we have any raised hands let me know if not i definitely could ask some questions so we do uh, have some raised hands awesome so please let's hear from elizabeth hi Hi, Matthew. Um, if this is not relevant, I will speak with you e- via email. I have your email address, sir. Um, okay, so I, um, I'm i interested in the demographics of Braille usage. And the demographics of Braille usage is difficult to obtain in the United States, and I suspect possibly in Britain as well. But what I'm interested in is of the percentage of people who can't see well enough to read print, read their screen, um, who could technically use voice or braille, do we have any sense of how, what percentage of those people are using braille in their day-to-day life? So they've learned enough braille so they can maybe read some and they can use it for their phones and so forth and so on. So that's my... um, my basic question. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pleased you asked it on a Zoom call rather than emailing it to me, because if you emailed oh. it to me, I would have to reply. And I'm afraid I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to reply to that question. Um, no, Ooh, I, yeah. we, we don't really we don't really have a sense of it because we don't really have a sense of how many people um, can't see well enough. And we don't really well, have a sense of how many people. Read OK, Braille. let me rephrase the question um, of the population that we know about. So we know we've got this many people borrowing audio books from NLS or RNIB of yeah, that yeah. group that we know about who aren't hiding out somewhere. Okay, so... Yeah. No, uh, I, I understand that. Right. I, I was just about to come on to that. We, we, we have a statistic that says only about 
two percent of or, or two or three percent oh. of visually impaired people are reading braille now the problem that? is well i the thing is you can you can make statistics tell I know, whatever I know, no, no, story no, I, I did economic history i understand okay yeah sure yeah. so so what really happens is there's not very much money about the place and oh, braille's quite right. expensive to right. teach and braille's uh, historically i think less so now but was was historically quite difficult to produce uh, quite mm. expensive to produce and quite expensive to support mm-hmm. so um we needed a way i say we you know the the country needed a way of uh, dissuading people from uh, reading braille and so we mm. said well only two percent use it nowadays it's kind right. of going out of fashion blah 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 now where do you derive that two percent from well okay first of all we're, we're talking probably anyway we're talking about all visually impaired people no. so that includes for example people who lost their sight later on in life and possibly who have only lost their sight fairly recently so of right. course wouldn't have the t- wouldn't have had the time to have learnt braille because they only lost their sight you know 3 or 4 months ago oh, so, and they're and they're insane so, anyway so i mean yeah so I that mean, yeah and secondly we're talking i think when we talk about all visually impaired people we're also talking about the partially sighted community yeah i know that's why i was trying to genuinely. limit it down to people who read print and you may not be able to work that out but the scary thing about not having any kind of numbers for this kind of thing is it makes it hard for those of us who want to get money to do, for instance, for you people to get money to do what you want to do, or for people in the United States, or 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 um, people who want to uh, do what Braille Together and Braille Room is doing, is that there's this sense that um, maybe Braille is not important or something and i was just hoping there was a real statistic out there but i i will i I will give up well well i don't think there is but i'd love to i'd love to take that question in a slightly different direction because it's only difficult to find money uh, for this sort of thing if you base your funding proposal around those sorts of statistics right i get that um if you base your funding proposal around other statistics then you will get the money so we yeah i do get get that yeah. What I'm what I'm concerned about is this feeling that, it, particularly in the in the blind community, that Braille is somewhat irrelevant, and I want to work out some way to counteract that. The same way I want to counteract that, seventy percent of the blind population isn't working because it makes people so discouraged about going out and learning Braille or going out and learning anything, you know, or going out and getting a job because they've got this massive statistic that says. I am one of the, you know, three people out of 100 that's going to learn to read Braille. And it it's very discouraging for the people in that community. So that's part mm. of the reason I'm concerned about the statistic. Yeah. So the way we got around this was um, we started off talking to the expert Braille people. Mm-hmm. So we, we didn't try and teach beginners at first. We talked to right. people who already knew Braille and we said, how could you use Braille better? Um so actually, most of our focus, I talked about the Braille for beginners and the, and the Braille for employment. Mm. Actually, most of the hard work at that stage went into the Braille for employment course. Yeah. Because once we got the people who already knew Braille, once we got them re-engaged and once we got them using Braille and talking about Braille, they were then talking about Braille in a much more positive way than anybody was used to. And that was starting to then feed back into the rest of the community. And so when yes. we launched, you know, Braille for Beginners for the second time, my goodness, I mean, we, we had a whole uh, slew of responses that we just weren't expecting, you know. Um, 
we had been told by local organizations for the blind that nobody wants to learn Braille anymore, blah, 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 blah. Now, right. what happened when we did Braille for Beginners was we got somewhere in the region of 130, 140 registrants. Um, now, these were registrants that were uh, able to fill in an online form and register. Yeah. They were registrants who were able to do a Zoom course. And that is not the majority of the yeah. population that yeah. are in local sight loss organizations. Right. So if we could get 130 people to register who could use the internet, goodness knows how many people we could get who couldn't. And that then formed the narrative for the next round of funding. And that was how we got around the statistic of, we, we don't know how many people read Braille. We said, well, look, these are how many people were interested. These were how many people were still coming by the end of the course. And it was higher than 50%. You know, it was kind of 60 or 70%. These are the people who were still coming at the end of the course. And then we got impact statements. We said, what are you using Braille for? Um, we recorded, you know, how many people are still coming to our sessions having done Braille for Beginners. And we used the statistics around, uh, re, you know, uh, employment, blindness and employment and Braille yeah. and employment. And that's that's really how we've managed to uh, continue to secure funding is by using yeah. those sorts of statistics. Because yeah, the Braille than- employment statistic is so is so strong that it's it's a good it's a good lever and i'm 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 thinking that a lot of your experience parallels the experience that i had when i started braille together and later braille room and that dorlin has had which is uh, uh, getting people over that first hump where if you can get them to start learning braille to do little things then they'll start figuring that one they can learn it and two they can get it to do more and more things and that um that it's that's more and more useful and by the way for folks who haven't listened to it the podcast that kit did on on braille speed and accuracy is one of the most brilliant podcasts on braille i've ever listened to so it's well worth finding uh it's just fantastic you've done a great job well thank you very much it's been wonderful i know there's probably some other raised hands so we perhaps ought to um move on and see who they are but thank you so much for your question and it's been a really interesting um talk about you know funding and, and that sort of thing so thanks for raising it i really appreciate it thank you elizabeth please let's hear from chanel all right. Hello. Well, my question is a little less uh, erudite, but um, I was just wondering if you ever consider repeating some of the classes again. I didn't realize you'd done a, one on um, uh, Markdown. That sounds great. And some of the other topics, I suppose it'd be better to just go back and look at your podcast, which I have listened to a few of those. And then also your Braille book club or your, um, I'm sorry, I forgot the name, but are you actually, are the people on there reading the book together using the different displays at the same time? Or are people coming in and uh, discussing the book once they've read it? No, that's right. So sorry, I, I didn't uh, talk about that, did I? Uh, we're, yes, we're reading the book together in uh, on the display. So it's not a discussion oh, group. Neat. It, it is, it is literally, uh, you know, read the read it together on the display. We take it in turns to read and we actually divide it up into various uh, breakout rooms. We have four at the moment and it's going to go up to five in the new year um and that's how that works we divide people up broadly speaking by um a combination of reading speed and how many contractions they know um oh that sounds fun yeah no it's great fun and they the community really enjoys it um you know that's and what time is that that is actually slightly earlier. That is at 6 p.m. in the UK on a Thursday. So that would Ooh, be actually okay. the same time as this call. Uh, that's yeah. 1 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday. 
Okay. Um, and you have so, people yeah. who are at various levels, so it doesn't matter what your reading speed is. or Yeah, don't... that's right. And we're fairly flexible. The, the only thing that is a little bit inconvenient is that the different rooms are uh, quite often reading different books because the, oh. the earlier rooms obviously are not... Re- really at a position where they can read a complicated book because the you know you're still really learning to read the alphabet and, and perhaps a few contractions so it tends to be simpler um children's books whereas the the more advanced rooms can read you know quite sophisticated titles and have done so um we've read uh anna at war for example wind in the willows um mm. Well, I'm trying to think where we're up at the moment. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I mean, it is technically a children's book, but you wouldn't think it based on the uh, right, vocabulary right. of the book. Um, so, yeah, no, by all means, come along. Um, Braillists.org slash events is probably going to be the easiest way to find that or, or through. I think you've been to some of our stuff anyway. So I you have, must, yeah. You must hear about it somehow. <laughs> so um, Yeah, I yeah. hear about the one on Tuesdays, the, the Braille bar or the other one, the master classes. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, if you want the rest, uh, Braillists.org slash events, which is a, a static page at the moment, but it will, Im- will imminently, probably over Christmas, become a, a dynamic um page which will update you know week on week with the events that we run um in terms of whether we want to repeat some of the tuesday events it's a really interesting question isn't it um there's a balance between um repeating things because the audience has changed so much that they you know that that, that a repeat would be useful versus actually if you've recorded the event anyway why would you want to repeat it because people yeah, could just go back and listen true. and that's it's not a balance that we've struck particularly well i don't think i think you're right i think some of the sessions we probably could afford to go back and repeat um what we try to do at the moment is not so much repeat the same session verbatim because of course you know with, with that session you know you've already got a recording of it we're not going to do anything that a recording isn't already going to do but we might for example repeat it with a slightly different emphasis or a slightly different theme um so for example we did a session a few years ago on how to read books and then a year later we did a session specifically about how to use rnib reading services and that's kind of where we'll go to in the next year or so um we've already done a session on using braille on windows but we might we might that was a very broad overview session we're probably not going to repeat that session but we've already done a session for example on transferring content to your braille display so the next session might be connecting your braille display to a computer and we might then talk about windows and mac and ios or what have you because we're just talking about how to connect it um and then that then paves the way for running maybe how to use braille with microsoft word so it's not the same content per se but it's reinforcing the content and we would try to present it in such a way that actually if you hadn't been to the previous one you'd still be able to catch up and you'd still be able to um learn something from it and that's that's how we're doing it at the moment. But um, it's interesting, you should raise the Markdown one in particular um, because you're right, it's so, it was so long ago that people can't find it. Um, yeah, I guess so, I'll have to go look for it. <laughs> yeah, it was right back in, like it was like extra 15 or something. It was really way far back in the archives. And there's obviously something we need to do on the website to try and make this stuff a bit easier to find. And maybe there is a case for repeating some of those sorts of sessions. Um, 
maybe well the different display i mean at the time i did it with a norbit reader maybe if i did it with a brilliant um, yeah brilliant's it, awesome yeah maybe that give it a different focus all right thank you but yeah no problem thanks for your questions thank, thank you Chanel. so much Chanel. it's all yours nikki oh okay no more hands We're all clear. right all right well you know oh, we I, just got one as soon as i say I, that we have lisa now okay go ahead lisa Hi, this was fascinating because I I didn't know you guys existed. Um, I am a big proponent of using Braille for proofreading purposes. I mean, I do it as part of my job um, because with speech, it doesn't catch homophones. It doesn't catch blank spaces in documents, um, things like that. And I was just curious if in your career uh, Braille career preparation class, um, if if that type of thing was covered, and if people who are comfortable with Braille um, can, like, I don't know, help to show up to be mentors if you guys are still needing people like that. Thank you. Mm. This is a this is just such a perfect example of actually what I was just talking to um, Chanel about. And by the way, thanks for putting your hand up. I did see that it was up before, and we just sort of lost it. So I'm glad that you came back round. No, I um, lowered it because that you'd answered a question that I had about demographics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure. But I'm glad you came back round. Um, this is such a perfect example, actually, of what I was just talking about. We haven't specifically done a session about proofreading, but this would be a great way of. Um, doing a session that is new, that is different, which has a different focus, but which could uh, bring about some things that we'd already talked about in previous sessions. I would love to do a session on Braille proofreading. Um, sorry, it's improved reading your work using Braille. So I guess we're talking about um, screen reader settings to, you know, show attributes and, uh, you know, how do you toggle between attribute mode and regular mode and actually use the split braille feature in JAWS because you could you could have attributes on one side and text on the other, um, you know, showing highlighting, all of that sort of stuff. And, and yes, the checking spellings, checking homophones, cursor routing. Uh, you know, there's a whole class. You can see it. There's a whole class coming into my head as sure. you speak. But well, in a, so in a, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so you could do that. You could do that, but you could you could do it in such a way that it would also revisit some of the concepts that we talked about in terms of d using Braille on Windows, for example, or because you could talk about how are you going to start Microsoft Word in the first place? Well, we're going to press the space bar and the ST sign, and that then starts to revisit some of those earlier concepts that we've done in previous sessions. So I love the idea. Um, and in terms of the, the question about Braille mentors, um, it's not something that we are actively uh, looking for at this stage. Um, but, I mean, if you specifically wanted to, I mean, I, I, I don't know to what extent you proofread in your job, but if it's something that perhaps you want to talk about off list and you wanted to come and present a session for us about how you do proofreading so that it's not just the same old people presenting sessions all the time, um, I'd certainly love to talk to you about that. I'm an audio transcriber, so I, I do it all day. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, let's talk off list. I think because um, this could be a we could perhaps put an interesting session together about that. Cool. And and plus the topic applies to just so many things: writing email, making sure your resume is good. You know, just, there's it just applies to everyone. Thank oh, it you so much. Does. Absolutely. What I'll do uh, the email address to write to is help 
H-E-L-P at Braylists.org. Um, you can also write to Matthew.Horsepool at Braylists.org, but I've got to spell that and that takes a long time. So just uh, <laughs> help at Braylists.org. I'll put that in the chat um, and I'm sure, you know, Nikki will have the information and can send it round if you need it. Um, but drop us a line and, and we'd love to talk to you more about that. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lisa. Let's hear from Dorlin, please. All right, great. Thank you. Um, um, Matthew, I just want to thank you so much for everything you guys do at the Brailleist. It's just, I've gotten so much knowledge about Braille from you guys. You get real nerdy about it, and I love it. Um, I want to put in my two cents that you guys should do master classes on, on Braille embossers and on um, the Braille translation software. I think that would be just wonderful for you to have added to uh, your list of master classes. Um, and I'm not sure if you pointed it out, but I often will go to braillelists.org slash media to find all your past events and you can play them straight from that page. And you guys have all the handouts and the notes that you've provided on those as well. So um, I wanted to point that out for Chanel too. If she was looking for the markdown episode, it might be easier to find that way. Oh, well, thank you. No, thanks for pointing that out. You're right. Um, I've, I've got a bit um, lax about pointing out the media page because um, it goes back to what I was saying a while ago. It's one of those pages that is so um, big now that if you know what you're looking for, then you'll be able to find it. If you don't know what you're looking for, it's getting quite unwieldy and we need to do something about that really uh, and try and categorize it a bit. And it's just a project that I look at every so often and I go, oh no, this is a big pile of work I don't particularly want to do. So yes, but you are right. Braillist.org slash media um, is, you know, it it does have up up until a certain date, it does have all of the information on it. And at some point I need to get around to adding uh, the information that's missing from it. And in your defense there, Matthew, it's actually organized fairly well. I mean, it is just by date, but you're able to navigate by heading, which is so easy to just heading down um, for those of us using screen readers and read the different episode titles and then hit B for button and you're able to play the episode pretty much immediately. So uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself to organize that thing. You're doing so much stuff. Well, thank you. I'm glad you find it easy to navigate. That's good feedback because we um, should be able to replicate that sort of. Um, what I really want to do is try and bring Brailcast and the Braillist and, and the media page um, into a bit more of a holistic thing, so that you can browse by category, for example, and we don't have to do double duty. We don't have to put it on the media page and on the podcast, um, but we should be able to emulate that layout across both sites. Um, fairly easily so that's good feedback thank you yeah well thank you thanks Dorlin let's hear from Diane please yeah hello <laughs> see, see um, Marcy I, I, I did make it back after all anyway um, Matthew it's great hearing you again and um, hearing about all the good things that you're talking about and I have to I hope y'all will excuse my ignorance, though. I did come in a little bit late, but what on earth is Markdown? Oh, that Markdown is so much fun. Um, Markdown is actually not a Braille thing at all. Um, Markdown is 
um, a fairly techy thing that non-techy people have uh, taken and run with, and it's a way of marking up text files so that they contain uh, semantic information. So, for example, you can put a hash sign, like um, you know, a, a pound, like a hashtag on Twitter. Um, you can put one of those at the start of a line, and it means that it's a heading at level one. And you can put two of them at the start of a line, and it means it's a heading at level two. And three means a heading at level three, and so on. And you can just you can write in text, and you can use these special symbols. If you put an asterisk at the start of a paragraph, it turns it into a list item. You know, if you if you number your paragraphs, it turns it into a numbered list. And there are all sorts of things you can do. Um, and then you can run it through a markdown processor. And it converts it into normally into HTML. So bloggers use it, for example, when they're writing blog posts and, and documentation authors use it when they're writing documentation. Um, so that's really what you would use it for or converting it into Microsoft Word documents. The reason why we talked about it at the, at the Braillists was because if you take something like uh, the Orbit Reader or something like the NLS e-reader or the Brilliant BI20X um, and 40X, uh, and even the mantis but it's less relevant on the mantis but um if we talk about those you can save text files but you can't save word files so you might be on a journey home and it's a four or five hour journey and you want to write out you know a serious thing you know you you don't just want to write some notes you want to write you know up a report for example or or an essay or you know, some notes from a meeting and you want it to have some decent structure in it, you know, um, you can write it in Markdown because UEB, I mean, that there are various schools of thought around UEB, but what UEB does have is all of the symbols that are required in order to write Markdown. So you can write, for example, 456 and the TH sign uh, would be um, a hash sign. And you could write that in Braille, which means that it then gets saved as a text file, which then has all the markdown information in it, which then means all you need to do when you get home is run it through the markdown processor and you've got yourself a Microsoft Word document. And so it's a way of getting Braille displays that can't do Microsoft Word to uh, to, to do Microsoft Word or as close as Microsoft Word as we can get. So then is there a list somewhere of those markdown commands yeah there is um there are various of them and i can't just remember where to find them now but if you google um if you google markdown um you'll see various lists if you again going back to what the previous contributor said braylists.org slash media um right down the bottom of that page you'll see the session that i did we didn't call it markdown and perhaps we should do um i think we called it um making notes for others or taking notes for others. And I might, in fact, in hindsight, I may go back and when we when we update the media page, I may um, retitle it to something like making notes for others using Markdown so it's easier to find. Um, ah, but, okay. Um, I think if you, in fact, I'll just do it while I'm here. Let's go to braylists.org slash media. <laughs> if I, because I can't remember what to find in order to find it. Let's just do it. But um, let me, uh, if I just search for M-A-R-K-D-O-W-N, so control F and type markdown and press it. Yeah, it does, it does find it. Um, it. It's right there. It'll find it there. And you'll find uh, you can download the audio file. You can download a transcript and you can download a handout. And the handout, um, I wrote that handout, so don't be too critical of it. But if you download that handout, 
um, you'll see lists of uh, Braille signs that you can use for Markdown and lists of, of print signs that you can use and links to further information. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for your question. Thanks, Diane. We're clear, Nikki. Okay. Well, yeah, a friend of mine was telling me about Markdown, and I didn't understand it fully uh, until you talked about it. I'm going to have to ask him more about how I could process it, and uh, that's interesting. I, I don't want to get into the weeds here, though. But what I wanted to say, well, first of all, as far as split braille, uh, on our last call, I did do a brief overview of it, which you probably thought that being who I am, I should do that. <laughs> so I did do a brief overview of it, <clears throat> but I did not do an extensive look into it because, frankly, actually, I haven't had the time to explore it totally extensively. I know the basics. So I think um, a course on or a, a class on split braille would be welcome. I mean, I know that we here did, like, like I said, a brief overview um, and the other thing I wanted to say is that Braille for Beginners, I, I need to talk to you or Dorlin because so my husband is one of those people who had legal blindness all his life, but he was taught very little Braille. He read a lot of print and um, he then was taught some more Braille, but he's lost some of it and he um, lost the rest of his sight now. And he's very lost as far as that goes. And he wants to read Braille, but he doesn't know how to go about it. He took a Hadley course briefly, but it didn't work out so well because the papers kept getting smashed when he would send them back to the teacher in the mail. And it was, it was just a real pain. And, and now we did get him a Zoomax e-reader from the library. But, of course, reading a Braille display on a Braille display is different. We have to learn, he has to learn how to use the Zoomax. And he can actually fill out forms online because he uses speech to do that and he's very good at that so i you know i really want to get possibly get him into that um like i said we don't have much hard copy braille so i know dorlin uh you guys use a lot of hard copy stuff that i don't have access to get him and we don't have a lot of room for in this apartment um but he i'd really like for him to get to learn more braille and unfortunately with my work schedule i just i don't have time to work with him and i'm not sure i'm the best one to do it so i'm just wondering if this might be a good opportunity for him because um he's very discouraged about it and he really would like to to improve his braille skills yeah matthew before you answer we have about 10 minutes okay thank, thank you marcy you. uh-huh um, I, I would be interested to know um, what, what Dolan has to say on this, because what I'm about to say uh, may be slightly disappointing. We we do run a Braille for Beginners course, and he'd be very, very welcome to join up. Um, it'd be, be great to have him. Um, because of the funding requirements that we were operating right. under, um, we only were allowed to send hard copy material out to... Uh, people in the UK and in right. fact the, the funding provider really would have preferred us to only have UK participants they didn't really want US participants at all um, uh. now we basically said well actually uh, we, it, it, we're running the event anyway and the only way we could stop people from the US would be to geoblock and that's actually going to cost us more money than if we didn't and they said well okay fair enough whatever right so we're, we're very happy we we really wanted uh, you know people from all over the place it was the, the funding people who didn't so what we said was you can sign up for Braille for Beginners from outside the UK and we'll 
we'll send you a BRF file. And if you're, if you're able to use the BRF file with, say, a Braille note taker or something, or you had some help um, from somebody who could help you open the BRF file, um, then you're good. And, you know, <clears throat> we'll support you. Um, and so really... Well, I could happens, help him do that. I could help yeah. him get the BRF in a format yeah. he could open it. That I could do. So, so this is how it. Th- that's right. So, so you would get some audio files from us, and you would you would sit and listen to the audio files, and you would follow along with either the hard copy braille or the electronic braille. And there's a call once a month that you can come into um, to get further assistance. Um, I would really like to remove that uh, restriction, and I know that the the funding that restricted us has now run out. So when the next lot of funding comes through, there may be fewer restrictions on what we're allowed to spend that money on. And I would love to get it to a point where we can send hard copy out to the US, but we're not there yet. Um, so if, if Dolan has a better course uh, for people in the US, then by all means, uh, feel free to talk about it. Well, um, you know, I will say that your guys' um Braille for Beginners course is great and on-demand one is fantastic and that you provide the BRFs um, makes it so that we are able to participate. If anyone's looking to do that, where there's a will, there's a an embosser, we'll find one, we'll get it embossed. Um, a lot of um, regional libraries will have one. Um, you can come into the Braille room on Sunday or Tuesday nights if this is something, and we can try and get you in contact with someone. I don't have a specific way to get things printed streamlined right now, but I know Judy Dixon helped us get some printed before. Not us, but it helped someone. Helped, you know. So we're um, that the BRF exists. Um, people know that they can uh, participate with you guys. Um, yeah, and that uh, would work well, actually. Yeah, you know, you just it can have be to teach him how to u- get him used to reading it on the display rather than, you know. No, well, and what I'm saying is, we can get it printed on hard copy with an embosser. You know, they're out right. there. Um, we'll get in touch with someone. I know my um, public library, the main one, actually has one. Um, so that's something where it, it shouldn't be a barrier. If someone wants that BRF printed in hard copy, we'll figure it out. Um, and then we also, um, Professor Shaw is doing an iLearn Braille course. Um, and folks can reach out to him on um, his email address is shaw at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. And I'm not quite sure how he's doing his materials, but that's um a way for beginners to get started and he also has a supplementary call once a week it's not on the community call schedule but it's at 11 30 a.m eastern um that if you email him he can get the zoom link for and you don't have to be part of the course you can just ask questions there too um and then we actually in the braille rooms we've been very successful with the mcduffie reader which is a one volume um braille primer really it goes from a through z then through all the contractions and accent marks and gets into the rules even has a page with the old braille symbols that we don't or you know um ebby for us ebae um and it's it's nice it's compact it is i believe 20 or 25 dollars 
Oh, that's all? Okay. Maybe yeah, should- it's affordable. You can get it through the NFB's um, independence market. Oh, okay. That's where you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And see, the- he didn't have that. And I knew that's what you guys used. And I didn't know what that entailed. But yeah, if we can get him that, maybe somebody can help him. Exactly. It. We have many mentors that have gotten a copy of that. And if anyone wants to come in and help us mentor on those Braille room calls, we're there to help people learn Braille, whichever method they choose. We're just there to support. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, I think those are my main ones. But the Hadley courses, of course, he's experienced, but those courses are out those there and those are free for anyone who hasn't taken those and wanted to give them a shot. Hey. Well, that's awesome. Thank Thank you you for sharing all of that. That's really interesting for me to know what's going on um, in different parts of the world. So thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Okay, Marcy, we don't have that much time left and Mike got disconnected for two seconds for some reason. Uh, Do we have any more hands? We're clear. Okay, so you know what? I think we're going to let this. Uh, thank you so much, for Matthew, for being here today. It was a real pleasure. I think we had a lot of people that really enjoyed and appreciated everything you had to say. I was very happy with the turnout today. So thank you so much. I think we're going to hand it back over to Dorlin. Hopefully your horse voice isn't getting too hoarse there, Dorlin. So she can give us the Braille Roundup. All right. Wonderful. Yeah, guys. And that... Um, for Matthew, the uh, name of that mark or markdown one is uh, taking notes, creating notes for others. Anyone who's looking for that. And then, all right, guys, this weekend Braille tonight uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern at Weekend Braille together. We are doing December dots. We're getting out our Braille calendars and seeing what December has in store, decoding the month a little bit. Then on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we have the Braille breakout rooms where we work on all things Braille, as you just heard. So come check us out. We're there for all levels, no matter what you're working on or what you want to help someone work on. We try and find a place for everyone. Then nothing on the Braille calendar for Monday. Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, the Braillists are doing their Braille bar where you can pop up and ask any Braille-related question, and their panel of Braille experts, including Matthew there, will help answer it. Then we're back at 6 p.m. Eastern for our Braille breakout rooms again on Tuesday. Uh, Nothing on my Braille calendar for Wednesday. Then Thursday at noon Eastern, Professor Shaw has... uh, I love Braille. It's the second Thursday of the month. So it is, um, I have a question. So you can pop up and ask any Braille related question in the group and Professor Shaw will help answer that. Then at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have grade three Braille revisited, uh, which is grade three Braille, a form of shorthand Braille based off of the former code. Uh, Then Friday, an event I don't normally list, is uh, 7 p.m. Visibilities is having the president of the Braille Revival League on, and she's going to be talking about the Louis Braille birthday marathon celebration that they're having on the community call schedule on January 4th. Then on Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, we'll be back for a weekend Braille together, and we're going to be doing some Braille drawings. We'll be making a small angel and a small bell that'll fit on a note card, um, and we'll be doing those making Braille 
characters. So bring your Slate and Stylus or your Perkins Brailler. And that's what I've got. So back to you, Nikki. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much, Jorlin. And I will actually be at that Braille uh, event on the 4th. Uh, we'll be talking about this call. So if you can come out and support me, I would so appreciate it. All right. So thank you very much. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Thank you again, Matthew, for all that you have uh, talked about today and done and been being here and bringing us your time, giving up your time to us. We so appreciate it.